Welcome to my first ever solo episode of Look Ma No Hands. This is Laura Max Rose, your host, and I am just so grateful to be joining you from the offices of CKO Digital today. I did put a little Instagram story out there about doing a solo episode today on gratitude and the holidays and the stress that we are all very familiar with around this time of year, but I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction than originally planned because... I've done a little bit of thinking and realized that I want to divide this into a few different chunks. So I'm going to start off by talking a little bit about Thanksgiving and why I'm doing this episode during this time and uh, some of the themes that are developing here on Look Ma No Hands. A little Q&A, some questions that I got from you guys, Um, some of the podcast chunks of wisdom that I love in review. So if you are just turning into Look Mondo Hands for the first time right now, um, this is a great episode to start on because you can really catch up. I'm going to go over my favorite parts of each episode, why I asked each guest to come on this show, and a little bit more of my background and why I picked the topics that I picked. I really do believe that the best interviewers give other people a platform to share the best wisdom. So on these shows, I really try not to talk that much. Um, And I think that's really for the best. But what ends up happening is some of my story or maybe some of the reason why I've brought these guests on um, doesn't get told. And that's some of that is the best part. So in this episode, I'm going to take the opportunity to talk a little bit about that. And um, then I'm going to end with some parenting themes and concepts that I'm loving that some of you guys are sharing. So a few um, challenges or ideas that some of you that I follow on Instagram have shared that I want to share with everyone who's listening because they have really impacted me positively. So I'll go ahead and start with why I'm doing this right now. Um, I didn't have a guest for today. Everyone is super busy during the holidays, myself included. So I have about three guests scheduled for the week after Thanksgiving. And um, I didn't want to take a break because I think during the holidays, so much of us are affected by the inconsistency in our schedule and how all of a sudden we go from maybe going to work every day or having the same schedule with our kids every day to being exposed to family members that maybe we we aren't used to seeing and being away from home and being a little bit disoriented. And I know that for me, something that I treasure during those times because I'm at home with what used to be one kid but now will be two is something that makes me feel a semblance of consistency in my life. So um, if this is a podcast that has been part of your life since we started about six or seven weeks ago, then um, I just want to keep it there as a little piece of consistency in your week during Thanksgiving, something that you can listen to to get away from all the craziness um, or just enjoy it whenever you have a minute. I'm going to get started with a little bit of a Q&A, some questions that I've gotten from you guys since I started that I'd love to answer for everyone to hear. The most frequent question I get is, where am I meeting these people that I'm interviewing? A lot of you, I think, want to know because these women that I have been getting to talk to are so amazing. And I've actually met all of them in person through either chance encounters or I've met them through social media. I followed them and went ahead and sent them that DM asking them to be on my show. But each one of them, I've noticed that there's a a theme developing here, which I will probably incorporate into my branding as I go forward. 
I wasn't necessarily expecting it, but I seem to be interviewing primarily female business owners who are also mothers. And I think the reason for that is I'm personally so enamored and uh, fascinated and inspired by these women who have taken the technology that we have in this in 2019 and used it to be able to cultivate their passions and be with their children. I, I think that we don't have to make the choices that we used to have to make as women. Um, of course we can, but there isn't that theme that we used to hear about all the time that you're either working all the time or you're at home with your kids all the time. Um, there's a choice for the people in the middle, and I'm one of those people in the middle. So while I am, I mean, there's nothing I'm more in awe of than the woman who stays home full time with one or multiple children or the woman who spends most of her time um, out of the house working really hard. I have always fallen in the middle of those two descriptions. And that's been such a huge part of my journey of motherhood is finding my place and finding who I am. Um, as a, am I either a working or stay at home mother? So when my daughter Selma was born, I was on a three month maternity leave from a job that I had at the time. And I'd always wanted to start my own business. Obviously it was a very difficult time to make that leap when I had just had a child and my husband was running for office, but I was determined to make it happen. And so many of the people that I followed on Instagram were women who had made that leap. And now I'm getting the opportunity to interview them, which is such a gift. And I get to share their wisdom and how they really structure their lives to be able to do what they do um, with all of you. So my last interview was with Megan Burkle, the founder of Willow Crowns. And you'll hear her talk about really managing her time and just being exquisite in the way that she prioritizes her self-care so that she can do the things that she wants to do and leave behind the rest. What I find motherhood has done for me almost more than anything else is it's asked me to fiercely prioritize what matters and to fiercely prioritize my own self-care. If I'm not taking immaculate care of myself, things start, it's like a truck where things are falling off on the freeway. Um, Even the smallest things, you know, spending time with people, even if it's an hour long lunch with someone who is what I like to call an energy vampire takes it out of me. It's not like it used to be. You know, I used to be able to be more casual about that. Yeah, sure. There's someone who wants to hang out and maybe I'm not their biggest fan or maybe they make me feel a certain way, but I felt like I could kind of afford that because I had so much more time to take care of myself. I wasn't responsible for two other human beings and um, being able to be present for my spouse and taking care of my home and helping operate it and operating a business. Now I just don't have time for that. And the gift of that is that I have been able to really pursue more joy in my life. Um, It's been very challenging to be called into adulthood in this way. Um, Adulthood meaning maturity and really listening to the voices that tell you that you need to make a more difficult choice. But I am grateful in the end for all of the challenges that motherhood um, and running a business has asked me to step up to. And uh, Megan did such a beautiful job really describing that. And I'm going to have more guests coming on who I think are also going to offer a lot of insight around that. So Julie Friedman, the founder of um, Young, Wild, and Friedman, if you're in Houston, you've probably definitely heard of her. She is the um, OG Play-Doh lady, as she refers to herself as, and She creates these um, sensory kits that use Play-Doh and different objects to essentially entertain your children for hours. Um, If you're not following her already, um, she's at Young Wild Friedman on Instagram. And I am continually inspired by 
the activities she does with her kids and the way that she runs her business. And she has three children. So um, I know that she'll have so much to offer around how she structures her life and her schedule so that she can really give all that she has to offer around her business um, and her children. So um, that's how I'm meeting people through Instagram, um, reaching out to them that way. I also met um, one of my probably most popular guests thus far was Jenna Longoria, the period guru. I met her through the mommy series, which is something I'm involved in as a mom ambassador. It is a yearly, um, it's yearly programming all year round um, related to whichever season we're in and whatever might be able to help you the most as a mother, or just as a human being during that time. So we recently did um, a segment. Um, we recently had an event on health during the holidays and taking care of yourself during the holidays. I met her at one of the mommy series events and she told me what she did. And immediately I said, oh my God, you have to tell me what you think about birth control. She's a functional nutritionist who calls herself the period guru. And I have for so long been doing so much of my own research around women and our periods and our hormones and birth control. Um, because from the moment that I got on birth control, my body was almost shouting at me to get off of it. And everybody around me was sort of telling me it was fine. Um, and she, you know, immediately responded and said, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of birth control um, and told me a little bit more about what she does. And we got to have this incredible conversation. That's my first podcast episode. Definitely the one that I get asked the most questions about. Um, and people are so blown away by the um, the facts that she has to share on that episode about what birth control does to our body and um, what our alternatives are to hormonal birth control. And she does say, as I agree, that in some cases it's necessary, um, or I rather, I don't know if she actually says that it's necessary in some cases, but that she, you know, understands if it's the choice that you make, um, but that she just believes in being un- informed. Um, about making the choice whether or not we should go on birth control. It's something that's handed out like candy, and we just don't know. There are so many things that we don't discuss um, about birth control and about its risk factors. Um, we do know the risk factors; they just aren't discussed. So, if you want to know more about that, definitely turn in t- tune into our um, first episode. Um, Shonda, who came on my show um, to talk about getting perspective after a life-altering moment as a parent, um, I met her through the Mommy series as well. Um, the two birth doulas who I interviewed in Birthing a Mother, which was my second podcast episode, they were, they're actually cousins of mine who ended up um, be, being, both of them were my birth doulas with the birth of my second daughter, Violet. And I really wanted to do that episode because having a VBAC, which is a vaginal birth after C-section, was something that was so sacred to me at the time And I didn't feel like I really got to explain on that episode how much I value and am in awe of women who deliver children in any way that they do deliver children. I'm in awe of myself for having had a C-section and then having had a vaginal delivery. And one thing that I said on that episode that I would want to reiterate for anyone who's in the middle of deciding, you know, am I going to have a VBAC if they previously had a C-section or kind of coming to terms with maybe having had a C-section that they didn't want to have is that it was looking at photos of myself. Um, I mean, sorry, (laughs) looking at photos of other women who had gone through C-sections. I saw this album on Facebook of women that were in the middle of C-sections being operated on. And 
seeing how brave those women were for being cut open. They were having their babies cut out of them. I was in awe of them. And it was this full circle moment for me where I finally realized and acknowledged how brave I was for going through that. And the judgment was gone. And the judgment continues to be gone. And I had almost zero expectation about being able to have a successful VBAC. I was really ready to have like my C-section mama pride shirt um, and have as many C-sections as I needed to deliver all the healthy children that I end up having. And I was shocked (laughs) that my VBAC ended up working out. But it it was such an incredible experience. And I, I did just want more women to know about the fact that it's a possibility. So many people still don't. That's so much of what I love on this show is there's so much information that I have that I think everyone else knows. Like what Jenna said about periods and about hormones and about birth control, those are things I've always, I mean, I've known since I was a teenager because I did that research. And when you're doing that kind of research, you're surrounded by other people who know what you know, and you just think everybody knows the same information, but they don't. And so many people have listened to that episode and the episode Birthing a Mother and said that they didn't even know a VBAC was a possibility. So it's so cool to be able to share things that I've maybe known about for a while that I didn't realize were that interesting. Um, anymore um, with with people who need that information. That's like the biggest gift um, of this show. The other funny thing, this is another Q&A. I have gotten so many messages from people asking me to do an episode about sex. It is the funny, people show up to my show if I'm interviewing them. I can't even tell you how many guests have walked in here and they say like, can we talk about sex on your show? Or I was just realizing on the way over that I really want to talk about sex. Um, And I've had people take me aside when they're telling me that they listen to my podcast, um, that they want me to do an episode on it. Or I've had people in my life just recently bring up the topic of sex with their spouse and and then say, you know, it'd be really cool if you did an episode on this. I think the reason why so many people want me to talk about this is because no, it's 2019 and nobody really talks about sex. We don't talk about sex in a real way. We talk about sex like what your sex life is supposed to look like and how you're supposed to feel about it and how many number of times are you supposed to be having sex per week or per month to you know be in a healthy marriage or relationship. Nobody knows what the rules are. Nobody knows what they're supposed to be doing. And because of that, everyone has so much shame about it. Brene Brown talks about this. She talks about motherhood actually being like this I can't remember the word that she used. It's not melting pot, but just being like this sort of vortex for shame because none of us really knows what other moms are doing in their homes. And like we compare ourselves, we compare our insides to other people's outsides. And I think it's really the same with sex. I think that's why people want to come here and talk about it. And I don't blame them. I want to talk about it too, because it's liberating to be able to have a real conversation with someone about sex. It's something that we're all doing and no one is talking about it. I've had a lot of people approach me with a very similar version of the same question, which is, I love my spouse, but I'm pregnant or we have kids or maybe I'm neither. Maybe we don't even have kids at all, but life is really busy and I know that I love him, but we don't have sex that much or we don't have as much sex as I think we should be having. Um, and they tell me how many times, I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm so, I'm so honored to be trusted with this information. I can't even tell you. Um, it's my favorite thing in my life, honestly, is that I'm able, if I can do anything that I can listen, that's my favorite thing to do. Um, I, they come up to me and they, 
um, they, they tell me like, I'm just worried. Like one of my friends said to me the other day, listen, I really love my partner, but you know, we haven't had sex in three weeks. And and isn't it the basis of a healthy relationship that you're having sex like this many times per week? And I started laughing out loud because I just thought, (laughs) I just thought about like how many women feel that way. Like, oh, let's have anxiety. Like, let's start counting how many times we have sex per week, because that's like, like one more thing to obsess over. And, you know, I just started talking to her about like, yes, of course, you know, having sex is a really good signifier that maybe things are good in the relationship. You can also have sex when things are terrible in a relationship. So it's not the only signifier, but that like we're losing sight of the real purpose, which is that if you're able to connect with somebody in that way, then you're typically all of your walls are down. And it's a sign that there's emotional health perhaps in that relationship and true vulnerability because you're able to be that physically close with somebody. But to then put a number on it or like this is how many times you need to be doing it, it's sort of like putting the chicken before the egg or or whatever people say. Um, Sorry, the the cart before the horse. We're almost like kind of getting obsessed with like what are other people doing? What should I be doing? Instead of thinking about like, well, it's not about how many times a week you're you're doing this. It's like, where are you with your spouse in terms of feeling comfortable having this type of intimacy? And um, I definitely want to do an episode on this and I'm thinking about how I'm going to do it. Um, am I going to interview an expert, <laughs> a sexpert? Um, am I going to just talk to a bunch of women who ask me these questions all the time? I'm not sure if you have any ideas, definitely let me know. But um, I am totally, I mean, it has me laughing out loud how many people want me to do an episode about it. So it's definitely something that I have to do. Um, So I think that covers pretty much my podcast in review. Um, If you haven't heard all of the episodes yet so far, I hope that you um, tune in even to just a little bit um, to get caught up because I have just been able to talk to so many incredible women thus far and more to come. Um, I mentioned Julie from Young, Wild, and Friedman. I'm going to have Dr. Megan Pallister on the show. Um, She is an OB-GYN who is on Instagram and so much fun to follow. Um, She's so open about her own experiences and um, really what women are going through when they get pregnant and when they have a baby. And we're going to talk about um, baby-friendly hospitals, which are something that recently, if you don't know what a baby-friendly hospital is, it's a sort of revelation in hospital care that came about several years ago, where when you go to a hospital, the focus really is on the baby and getting the baby breastfed. And the unfortunately, what has happened as a result of this is that the mothers have lost the attention and it's created um, many more cases of postpartum depression they've come out with and actually been pretty counterproductive in a lot of cases. So many hospitals are backtracking around this, and she's going to talk to me about that. She's also going to talk to me about the breastfeeding versus bottle feeding debate, um, her own miscarriages and her own experiences with miscarriages, um, what the loss of a baby really feels like for women. So this will be our first time talking about it, and I'm super excited. I'll be talking to the founders of the Social Mama app. So if you're not following them yet on on Instagram, definitely give them a follow. They're at Social Mama app. This is a Facebook for basically Facebook meets match.com for meeting mothers who mothers like you. It's like a motherhood. It's a, it's a mom matchmaking app. And it's really awesome. We're going to talk about mom shaming, um, which is why the Social Mama app was developed. Um, the founder of the Social Mama app was on Facebook and um, seeing commentary that one of her friends was getting for her choice to discontinue breastfeeding her daughter, whom she could no longer breastfeed because of some kind of chronic illness. And this woman was just getting totally bludgeoned by the people that she was Facebook friends with, 
So we're going to talk more about that because I think most moms in 2019 are very familiar with that line of conversation. Um, And lastly, I'm going to go into some parenting themes and concepts that I've been loving lately. There's two in particular. Um, One is around gratitude. I, um, I was in a Facebook group that I'm part of several years ago, and this woman was posted very vulnerably, I thought, about how she just wanted to know how to develop gratitude in her six-year-old, that she gives her six-year-old gifts and um, she doesn't know how to express to her six-year-old how important it is to be thankful. And um, she's kind of disheartened that her six-year-old doesn't really care about the gifts that she gets and um, feeling like a frustrated mom, which all of us have been there. And I mean, again, with the mom shaming, I was just kind of amazed at the way people responded to this woman. Um, They couldn't believe she had the audacity to think that a six-year-old should have any gratitude that like you're projecting onto her, you know, she shouldn't, um, she's not an adult. She doesn't know like that she should be thankful for this or for that. And like, I kind of felt like people misunderstood her question. I felt like she was really just asking, how do I instill a sense of gratitude in my child? Because I'm raising her in this Amazon Prime world. And so many of us have felt that way. How do I instill gratitude in my children when we have so much and we have grocery delivery and we have Amazon Prime and we have Alexa and we have whatever we want? And I have found in my own journey of motherhood that, yes, I can tell my daughter to say thank you a hundred times, but she's really only saying thank you because she knows that that's the right thing to do. It has very little to do with gratitude. I still think there's a purpose to doing that though. And I will continue to tell her that she needs to say thank you when she gets a gift. But at the same time, um, I read this article recently that really drove it home for me, which is that when your children see you being grateful for life, not just for gifts, but when the mailman comes and you say, oh my God, how lucky are we that somebody comes to our home to deliver our mail? Or walk outside in the morning and say, you know, look, sweetheart, like the birds are chirping. It's such a beautiful day. That's where our kids learn gratitude. And that really only comes from a genuine sense of gratitude in ourselves. So if we're grateful, our kids are grateful. That's my lesson from that. And I've just felt like so rewarded in adopting that mentality because my daughter is my daughter, Selma, is about three and a quarter years old right now. And I'm starting to see her, you know, I've kind of always been like that. (laughs) I've always walked outside in the morning and said like, look how beautiful it is outside, sweetheart. And I've at the same time been so concerned that my daughter might not feel that way or that she might not be thankful for the things that she has. And I've sat down with her and we've made lists of things that we're thankful for. But what really has made an impact on her is just the mentality, I think, of gratitude that I try to have most of the time. And um, what that article taught me was like, if you keep on cultivating a sense of gratitude in your house, it will be inherited by your children. And when we cultivate gratitude, we're happier people. So it's really win-win. And I've just been making a much bigger effort to do that lately. We ordered Uber Eats yesterday and I I said to Selma, how lucky are we that chicken nuggets are being delivered to our home? I read this woman um, posted a comment on Facebook that her daughters had received this gift in the mail and said to their mother, you know, we're so blessed to have a mom like you who gets us these wonderful toys. And I thought there's no way a five-year-old said that without having heard a parent say that to somebody else. That's not something we teach our children to say. We teach our children to feel that way by the way that we, the way that we feel towards life. Um, I just thought that was so beautiful 
The other last thing that I wanted to touch on is my friend, my soulmate friend and uh, wedding photographer. She happens to be, but she is, oh my God, so much more than that. Her name is Michelle Gardella and um, she is doing something in the month of November. She's, I don't remember, it's called No Shop November. So maybe you've heard of this, maybe you haven't, but she's the only person that I'm following who's doing it. And I have been so inspired. This woman through all the Black Friday sales and everything is not buying anything besides the groceries, I'm assuming. <laughs> and, you know, the, the real necessities. There's no Amazon priming. There's no Black Friday shopping. Um, and she's doing this to really cultivate, I believe she's doing this to really cultivate a real sense of gratitude um, during this time of year. And not giving into that consumerism that I think takes over for all of us. Um, I've noticed that as swipe ups become more of a thing and the more bloggers that I start following as a result of my podcast, the more I start to accumulate, the less grateful I am for all of it. I'm not saying that I'm not grateful for the bloggers that I do follow who have changed my life by marketing certain hair and makeup products to me that have definitely made a positive impact. However, um, I think we lose this sense of um, gratitude by receiving so much all the time that we can't even really stop to feel thankful for it. And although I'm not participating in a no shop November, I am really trying to stay, take a step back and look at what I'm accumulating. I've been getting packages in the mail this past month where I don't remember ordering what I ordered, which I know is a very common phenomenon, but it's been happening more often for me. And I'm super uncomfortable with that because what ends up happening is I get it and I open my package and I usually love what I got, but like if I couldn't even remember ordering it, then why did I need it that badly? Um, and to my husband, who is probably listening to this, you're right, and I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm working on it. I know that he has tried to tell me this so many times, um, but I am coming around to seeing his point, and I'm so grateful for his patience. Um, and I'm really taking a step back. Like we decided I want this new rug for our bedroom, and we've just been like in this process of kind of doing a lot of stuff around our house. And I, I know that I need to pause to really look at it and like take it in. And we decided to like be a, little, a lot more methodical about this rug purchase. Um, you know, it was expensive and do we really need it? And I just decided like I was going to let it go. Um, I've gotten so many things and I just feel so grateful and I don't need this rug. And I just said like, you know, if you're comfortable with it, like Ben, like let's have a conversation about it. But if it's too much because we have a lot of big family expenses coming up, I get that. And I was like kind of not really thinking about getting that rug anymore. And he came to me yesterday and he said, I want you to get that rug. And I haven't been buying like a million things online right now because I'm just trying to think about purchasing things more mindfully and saving the money for the stuff that I really want, like a new rug or a new bigger item as opposed to like 10 t-shirts that I don't need. And it just felt so good and so exciting to be able to buy that instead of buying it along with like the 800 things that I've ordered from whatever bloggers told me to, to, to buy them. And the other person who has talked to me about this um, recently in a podcast was Megan from Willow Crowns that were advertised so many products for our kids. And like our kids really don't need that much stuff. And it's hard to take that in and acknowledge it because there is so much stuff for them. But most of the stuff that we buy them is kind of for us. She didn't really say that. She was just talking mostly about the fact that our kids don't really need that much. And I just kind of started to feel like I was buying them stuff because I thought it was going to be cool. But like <laughs> they, didn't, they couldn't have cared either way. 
and it just becomes wasteful. And um, I really, I think about what I want to teach them. And, and if I'm wanting to teach them gratitude and appreciation for what's in front of them, but I keep stuffing like more and more stuff in their face. Um, it's almost like selfish in a way, because it's kind of about me. It's about me and the stuff that I want them to have while at the same time wanting them to appreciate what's in front of them. So I'm really making a bigger effort to take a step back, to take a deep breath, to not swipe up every five seconds, to really think about what something is going to mean to me. And when I do get a package in the mail, I've been taking that item out of that package and really holding it in my hands for a second and looking at it and just saying thank you and taking in that it's mine and that I have it and spending up to five minutes really, you know, trying it on or whatever, and just expressing my gratitude in my heart um, for that piece. And it just makes me feel so much happier. Um, and I, um, I wanted to share that with you because it's been a big impact in my life. And since this is Thanksgiving, um, what's, what's wrong with one more way, I guess, to be grateful. So thank you so much for tuning in to my first ever solo episode. I'm going to be interviewing next up, um, Ms. Basia Buchanan of the, of Pink Cilantro. She owns an incredible, um, PR and marketing company in Houston while having four kids in tow. So again, with my theme, Um, This time we're going to be talking about having multiple children, which I've gotten a lot of requests for. How do people manage more than two kids? And um, doing it with an unbelievable sense of spirituality, which Basia has. And I'm going to let her tell you more of that um, when she comes on next week. So thank you again for joining me and for listening to Look Ma No Hands. If you aren't subscribed yet, I hope you will subscribe and leave a review if you're enjoying it. And we'll talk to you next time. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Mom, 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 mom.